shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, let's turn our attention to the nation of Israel, where Messianic Jews who see Jesus as Messiah have ongoing and sometimes deepening tensions with Orthodox Jews. Well, a conference that's scheduled for mid-year will focus on a theme of unity. Yehuda Bahana is Deputy Director of Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Israel. He is one of the elders of Roe Israel, a Messianic Jewish congregation in Jerusalem, and he's coming to Australia. In fact, he'll be keynote speaker at the Messiah Conference coming up 17th to the 25th of June in Brisbane. Let me make a special welcome to Yehuda Bakhana. Yehuda, welcome along to 2020. Shalom, shalom. Thank you. Yehuda, we're going to be talking about Messianic Jews and Orthodox Jews. Uh, In your understanding, what is it that makes a Messianic Jew? Messianic Jew is basically a believer in Yeshua. It's a term we use, but it's just a name. It's just a term. The understanding, what it represents is actually Jews who believe in Yeshua as a Messiah. Jews who read and study and believe the New Testament, try to implement it in their hearts and in life. And so many of our listeners will be familiar with Yeshua as the Jewish name for Jesus. Uh, Mostly in Australia, we'd say Jesus. Now, just uh, while we talk about these things, and I do have lots of conversations around things that happen in Israel, but when we say the the term Jewish, uh, there's something special in that too, because uh, the way you do your messianic religion Uh, is that you follow some cultural patterns that really would take us back to all the traditions of the past. How do you do your, uh, you know, religious life as a messianic uh, believer? First of all, we're Jews, and we have the Bible. And in the Bible, there are all the instructions, all the holidays, all the events, and we read the Bible and follow it. So for us, we call it the Old Testament. Oftentimes I know that uh, Messianic believers would say the First Testament and the Second Testament, uh, but that First Testament, that Old Testament, uh, all of those things that's developed in the traditions of Jewish life, in some sense, you carry those on and you add into that uh, your understanding of Yeshua, Jesus, as Messiah. Well, yes, Basically, we see the pattern of the Messiah is son of David and son of uh, Joseph. Uh, Son of Joseph is Joseph went down to Egypt. He's like a prototype of the Messiah. As we see the exodus from Egypt as a prototype of salvation, Uh, God saved and redeemed Israel from Egypt. And in the same way, Jesus or Yeshua will redeem us just as God redeemed the people of Israel out of Egypt. So 
if we see that uh, prototype, which appeared also in the times of Yeshua, as Jesus asked, you know, what do people say about the Messiah? Who is he? And the answer was the son of David, the Messiah son of David. So these prototypes, Messiah son of Joseph, Messiah son of David, existed also before the time of Yeshua. It was known in the time of Yeshua. So we see Yeshua or Jesus also as a prototype or Joseph more correctly as the prototype of, of, of Yeshua. And the brothers did not recognize their other brother, Joseph. They saw him, but he looked Egyptian. He looked different. He looked foreign. They didn't recognize him. And we see the same thing about Yeshua or Jesus, that he looks foreign. He even has a foreign name, Jesus. So he's foreign. We don't recognize him. He looks different. You know what? He looks European. He's dressed like a European. He's got blue eyes. And our job is to basically bring him back home. And we believe that the day will come where Jesus or Yeshua will send everyone away and say, that's me, I'm Jesus. I'm Yeshua. I'm your brother. And it's interesting that you draw attention to some of the ways that Yeshua, Jesus, is portrayed with the blue eyes and the the white skin. And uh, yet he was a Galilean Jew and likely to have uh, like an olive complexion, uh, a tanned uh, complexion. And, uh, and so that's something that somehow or other has been misconstrued over uh, many centuries even uh, in, in the West. Uh, so that's a, that's a challenge. And yes, and we're on, we're on your side with that. Yes, this is not a blue-eyed, blonde-haired Messiah. This is someone who looks just like you do. Hey, uh, let me ask you about... He went to the local synagogue. He did go to the local synagogue. He did teach. He was connected to the Pharisees. We see him as the enemy of the Pharisees, but actually he came from within. Uh, You uh, talk to, you uh, try to fix those that are close to you. If somebody is far from you, you kind of, you know, keep your distance. They do what they do, you do what you do. But if somebody is close to you, you care about them. You want to fix their ways. You expect more from them. So that's why Jesus actually expected more from the Pharisees. Jesus expected more from the Pharisees. Uh, perhaps, and I'm not sure whether this is a part of your usual conversation, he expects more of the Jewish people today. What do you think about that? Definitely. We're losing our way is we're, you know, uh, getting to be more Western. And, you know, if I read Jeremiah, uh, God tells Jeremiah, stop praying for the people. I don't want to hear. I mean, go out to the streets. They've lost shame. There is no shame anymore. If secret, like hiding, you're kind of uh, be embarrassed of it. Not anymore. People are just shameless. Out in the streets, Yehuda, as it is in the rest of the world. And you've got this compassion for your own people. Uh, you can see that there are some shortfallings, and you can see your Messiah uh, calling for a better day. 
Uh, let me ask you about the people that you reach out to, because, you know, in our Christian circles, we talk about evangelism. And of course, uh, in your messianic uh, circles, you're, you've got your outreach too, and your outreach is to the Jewish community. What does it look like when someone from your uh, your gathering uh, is reaching out to those people who are Jewish people in Israel. All right. First of all, it's uh, very challenging because we have a long history as the Jewish nation with the the Christian people or countries. I mean, if we read history, we've suffered quite a bit under the name of Jesus. We're afraid of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they burned us on the stake, they tortured us, they took our possessions, they kicked us from place to place as Jews, and we're afraid of that name. We're afraid of Jesus. And a lot of listeners... That's something we have to fix. A lot of listeners are even shocked to hear what you're saying, but... The truth of what you're saying is there, and there have been some dark places in history where Christians have not treated Jewish people well at all. You know what? It's not also far, it's not even far uh, history, because even if it's not entirely correct, and I understand it's not entirely correct, but we see Germany is a Christian nation and Christian leadership, Christian people. And that's where the Holocaust took place. Maybe it wasn't entirely under name of Yeshua, of Jesus, but it is seen as a Christian country more than anything else. It's a Christian country, the German nation. It might be encouragement uh, to you and to listeners that oftentimes we'll make reference to one particular man, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, who was incensed uh, that the Nazis were doing what they were doing and that there were church people who were complicit uh, in some of those things. And so, so many Christian believers will say, what about the likes of a Dietrich Bonhoeffer? We would side with him today. And he would say uh, those things were atrocities that were being committed and the church ought to have spoken a whole lot louder and not been complicit in those things. But when you're reaching out into the Jewish community, and you've got your own practices uh, that go into Jewish tradition. Uh, that's an obvious and, necess- and necessary way, isn't it, to, to be able to connect with Jewish people, introducing... Yes and no. Yep. Yes and no, because we live our life uh, out of faith. Uh, I like to believe that if we were anywhere else in the world, we would keep our messianic approach lifestyle, faith, even if we're not trying to convert or share the gospel with our brothers and sisters, our Jewish brothers and sisters. So it's not a, it's not a show. Our lifestyle is not a show, and it's not trying to fix something. We're trying to go back to the Bible, going back to the Word of God. That's how we see it. Uh, now, uh, obviously... We're trying to share the gospel with our brothers and sisters. And our lifestyle is important, but I think that it's very important to reach a a hand, to explain and share our views, our faiths, 
and how much richness Jesus in the New Testament adds to our lives today. Because in Israel, there is a huge rift between the religious, the orthodox, and the secular. A huge rift. I would dare say that we're almost on the verge of civil war. I mean, there is, how do I say it in nice words? I don't know if there is a nice word for, you know, just plain hate. And I think that the only thing that is stopping us from actually having an open civil war is having a, a mutual enemy, which is the Hamas, which is the Palestinian uh, terrorists. And that's actually what's stopping us from having a civil war. But Yeshua is the answer because within our community, we also have Arab believers, Arab Christians, that they are definitely our dear brothers and sisters. And Yeshua is a proof that peace is possible. That cooperation is possible. That unity is possible. And unity is reached in Yeshua. I know unity the, is reached in Jesus. I know the growth of uh, Messianic Jews uh, has been really significant. And uh, I know that lots of Christians have been so excited by uh, the growth uh, of actually, your movement. Actually, not so much. Uh, the numbers can, you know, we can blurb out numbers, but uh, practically, I would dare say that we're about fifteen to maximum twenty thousand. That's being generous. Twenty thousand Messianic Jews in Israel. And, that's and where you numbers. where you fit in the mix, as you say, the tensions are real and they are violent. The tensions between the Orthodox and the secular. And then you've got the Palestinian uh, mix in there. And then you've got uh, the Messianic Jewish community. Uh, you've obviously survived quite well. And uh, I've heard good reports about growth of the Messianic Jewish community. How do you feel like you fit into ordinary Jewish society? Well, uh, perfectly. I'll uh, share with you a short story. Uh, we were trying to build, uh, renovate our building. Uh, we purchased this building in 81, so it's quite old. It was built from before the state of Israel, like in the early uh, 40s. So it's an old building, and we wanted to uh, renovate it. So we applied to the city, to Jerusalem, and we got permits. We got building permits. But then the Orthodox all around the neighborhood uh, went literally door to door to try to sign all the neighbors of the neighborhood uh, to oppose our building plans. Now, some of them signed, some of them haven't signed, uh, but they put a lot of pressure. The Orthodox put a lot of pressure on the city council and they rebuked our uh, building license. They took it away. So we actually sued the city of Jerusalem, and we went to court. And right before court, uh, the rabbi, the main rabbi of the Nachlaot neighborhood, that's the neighborhood of the city center where we're at, he came to knock on our door. And he said, first of all, I want to apologize that 
I went against you, that I turned against you, that I turned everyone against you without talking to you face-to-face first. So right now I'm coming to repent. I'm coming to meet with you. I'm coming to talk to you. But that's, I'm being honest with you just to, to clear my conscience. And I'm going to go out of here to fight you again. But I'm going to say it in your face. It's not going to be behind your back. So I'm coming to repent. And I'm coming to, first of all, hear you out for who you are, for really who you are. So he came into our building. A little bit, he was a little bit afraid. First time he went into a Messianic congregation. He did not know what to expect. He came, you know, carefully, slowly, step by step, looking around, looking everywhere. And the first thing he noticed is he didn't see a cross. No cross. And he saw the prayer books, the regular Jewish prayer books like they have in every other synagogue in the world. And we have a Torah scroll. And he was very surprised. And he said, what is this place? Like, are you believers or, or, or not? And of course, we said, we're believers. We're Jews that believe in Yeshua. So he sat with us and had a conversation and asked, okay, I see that you're Jews, that you have a kosher kitchen, you have a Torah scroll, you read the weekly Torah portions, you pray like Jews. We took him all over the building. We explained where we build the sukkah, the tabernacles, and where we have the holidays and everything. And he said, you know, basically you're Jews. So why? Why do you believe in, in this Jesus? Why do you believe? And we said, you know, we believe that the prophets promised that the Bible, the knowledge of God will reach the ends of the earth everywhere. It'll reach no matter where you go. They'll know about God, the God of Israel. And we, as Jews, we're kind of closed in our own ghetto. We didn't, didn't get far. But today, if you go anywhere you want to go in the world, if it's in the middle of the Amazonas, if it's in Antarctica, if it's Australia, anywhere you go, People know about God. People know about King David, about Abraham. How do they know that? It's because of Yeshua, because of Jesus. Every Bible in the world was translated for the glory in glory for the name of Jesus. So through Jesus, the Bible has reached the ends of the world. He made it a reality. You know, we read about Abraham that all the nations will be blessed by, by the seed of Abraham. Well, how does the New Testament begin? Son of David, son of Abraham. The and here we are. Blessed here we are, Yehuda, talking to you from Australia. Uh, towards the ends of the earth, we usually reserve uh, that title uh, for our friends in New Zealand. They're a little bit further away from you than we are, but uh, but we're getting pretty close. Yehuda Bakhana is our guest, and we're going to return to our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, Yehuda is Deputy Director of the Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Israel. He's coming to Australia. He's going to be keynote speaker at a Messiah conference, 17th to the 25th of June in Brisbane. 
You can get the details at nativya.org. That's N-E-T-I-V-Y-A-H dot org uh, to find out how you can register to be a part of that conference. Uh, very shortly, we will continue our conversation with Yehuda Bakana, and we're talking some more about the tensions uh, that are going on in the nation of Israel, and we'll certainly talk about the theme of the conference that's coming up, which is unity. That's coming not too far away. Well, we're into a conversation with Yehuda Bahana. He's Deputy Director of Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Israel on his way to Australia for a Messiah conference coming up 17th through the 25th of June in Brisbane. They're going to be talking unity and as we have been discovering, the disunity of the people in Israel bordering on civil war, the challenges that there are between the Orthodox Jewish community and the secular community. Uh, Then you have the Palestinian community and you've got this smaller but growing more intentional and powerful in their voice is the Messianic Jewish community, those who recognize Jesus or Yeshua as Messiah. Uh, Yehuda, let me come to issues of unity. This is where your yes. this is where your theme is for the conference. Um, Orthodox Jews and those Messianic Jews. Uh, there's been tensions. You were telling stories about that. When you have those sorts of close meetings with rabbis, who in their own sense of integrity are wanting to do the right thing and say, I'm going to tell you face-to-face what I'm thinking. Uh, What do you see for the future of uh, unity between the Messianic Jewish community and the Orthodox Jews? A good future. A good future, because once that rabbi sat with us and talked with us, he actually cried. And he was invited to even speak in our congregation he came several times to teach and to pray with us. And believe it or not, he even invited us to go teach in his synagogue. So peace was made. And the peace based on the fact that you didn't look a whole lot different to exactly. typical Jewish community. And it's interesting, is pray it? the same. And at the risk of taking us on a diversion, uh, when Yeshua, Messiah, died on the cross, rose on the third day, uh, as the one that was prophesied throughout the First Testament, the Old Testament, uh, when he and his message have gone all around, around the world and into different cultural contexts, there's different ways that the cultural contexts have then expressed their own worship of the Messiah. Uh, It's natural and right, isn't it, for a Jewish community to actually hold on to your own Jewish traditions? Definitely. And it doesn't matter what our traditions are, because we're all saved in one way. We're all saved in the blood of Yeshua. That makes us brothers. That makes us blood brothers, because we are saved the same way. In Yeshua, the way we live, the way we practice our faith, the way we pray, doesn't matter because we're saved in Yeshua. But but first I want to take a, a minute and actually thank all the people and actually also all the leaders that will join and teach on this upcoming conference, uh, which theme is unity. It's very important. Unity. The choice of 
the subject actually points to a desire, an inner desire, a spiritual direction. The direction of unity is a good direction. It's a direction that wants to do good, that wants to serve together, that wants to build. That's a good direction. You have an aspiration to unity, and you might not always come across the perfect circumstance, but as long as you have that goal, as you're saying, there is something that is good that each party is moving towards. You're going to be covering a bunch of different themes around unity at your conference. Uh, Unity as opposed to disunity, and no doubt you'll be describing what that looks like. You've got unity in the body of Messiah, uh, that is, those uh, those Messianic Jews and those Christians. No doubt there's real unity to be worked on there. And the other unity between Jew and Gentile more generally. There's a lot of dimensions in there, and uh, Israel very much at the centre of what those sorts of disunities and the aspiration to unity really looks like. Any thoughts around all these different dimensions? Yes. Uh... I would guess that the first place for unity, the first unit, is actually the family. It starts with us. It starts with our faith. Uh, Because our first thoughts and wishes is to take care of the next generation. That The next generation will continue the journey that our fathers and mothers started. The Word of God speaks much about family because it's the first unit that God creates. So the family is a vital foundation for every society, for every nation. It all starts with the family. But, you know, as as you said it in in different words, but the world we live in is full of, of anger, of pain, jealousy, victimhood. I mean, you know, self-pity is addictive. We enjoy to feel self-pity. And how can we deal with these difficulties? So I think unity covers that. Because unity is, is, first of all, to work together. It starts with us. It starts with our family. And it starts on, on building on that. That everything we do will do not only for myself, not only for my family. I guess it starts with my kids. I'm a father. I have three kids, and I want to invest in them, and I want to make sure that they grow into the faith that I, I know and believe. And every Christian believer listening to a conversation like ours now is uh, right on side with you because it's out of those First Testament, those Old Testament times that we glean those ways that the family and the values of a family are passed on to the next generation. And uh, you've got to be able to develop those family traditions that pass on those, those values. We have to. We have to, because the numbers we're talking about are scary. I mean, in Israel, these are the numbers, but I believe that it's everywhere in the world. It's anywhere between 70 to 90%. Let's take an average of 80%. 80% of the next generation will leave faith, leave church, not come back to church, not stay 
in the church. So if you have 10 kids that are growing up in the local church, 10 kids, only two of them will remain in faith, will remain in the church. That's something that we have to battle together. And only through unity, only through working together, only through focus together, you know, that everybody brings their talents and everybody brings their goodwill and everybody works together, we can fix it. We can change it. We can battle it. We can invest into the next generation. It starts with us and it has to start not only today, it had to start yesterday. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, what people in Jerusalem, and uh, our absolute privilege to be talking to you from Jerusalem today, uh, but what have you heard uh, from those who you mix with about Christians in Australia? What's the impression of Messianic Jews, of the Aussies <laughs> down under? Uh, what are your thoughts here? Well, uh since I haven't ever been to Australia, and I can just tell you, you know, what uh, we can imagine is, you know, uh, crocodile dandy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> people with, you know, big hats with a, with a knife uh, and uh, kangaroos uh, jumping all around with crocodiles and, and whatnot. Obviously, that's not what it is. But if you ask me seriously, on a serious note, I would guess that our views are is just like every other country in the world. It's basically every church kind of to himself, every family kind of to herself. Uh, going to church became a cultural thing, uh, especially after Corona, many families dropped off of church and we're battling the, the day-to-day battles with our families. When we come to church, we put on a holy face, a holy mask. Uh, we try to keep the family intact or our relationships intact, uh, at least for show in the time that we're in church. And then we go back to normal life, to the normal uh, tension between us, to the n- normal tension with our children, with our spouse, husband, wives, uh, to our normal challenges. And sadly, our Christian values are not much to be seen. That's something we have to work on together. That's why unity is so important. We call that a cultural Christianity where we turn up for church on a Sunday and uh, on Monday we're finding it difficult to know how those values relate to our own workplace and uh, raising our own family and being involved in the communities that we're involved in. Uh, Hey, you're coming to Australia, and my sense is you'll be coming here and you'll be hoping to make some friends of Aussies. Uh, Has there been much support that's come for your congregation as you gather as uh, Messianic Jews from Australia? Is there is there already connection there? Obviously, you've got some connection yeah, to be well, invited. Well, for Brisbane, but... we have a very, very good connection with a community, a very warm community in Brisbane. I'm really looking forward to meeting them. Uh, I have the privilege, I had the privilege of teaching them uh, several times over Zoom and connection, and they're very strong, very good community and they want the connection with Israel with believers uh, as, as friendships 
you know, as, as people that we can pray for one another. They can hear about our challenges and pray for us, and we can hear about their challenges and pray for them and try to, you know, work together from different angles, different issues, different problems, uh, how to invest into the next generation. They have a few ideas that they share with us, and we have a few ideas that we share with them. So I'm really looking f to meet that, I have to say, very warm community in Brisbane. Uh, I think that's going to be my highlights. And I think they invited me for a Shabbat meal, like a Shabbat dinner. And I think that's going to be the highlight of my visit to Australia. It's just to sit with good brothers and sisters in faith and fellowship with them. That's what I'm looking forward for. Well, I'm hoping and would expect you'll get the warmest of welcomes here in Australia. There is certainly a substantial community within our Christian community that has a real desire to see God's rich blessing outpoured on the nation of Israel. And certainly that support for those messianic communities like yours is going to be there very strongly, I suspect. Hey, you're coming to Australia 17th to the 25th of June is the date for the conference. The conference is called From Jerusalem to the Ends of the Earth, Unity in the Body of Messiah. And Pastor Yehuda Bakana from Jerusalem is going to be the get the guest keynote speaker. Uh, you'll be able to be a part of those conferences the 17th of June. The conference is on at In Ten City Church in Wynnum in Brisbane. And on the 25th of June, the conference at New Hope Church, Kelvin Grove. And uh, you can find out some other gatherings too uh, on the website when you go to nativia.org. That's N-E-T-I-V-Y-A-H dot org and find out all about the conference that's coming up from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth with Yehuda Bakana, who's Deputy Director of the Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Israel. Yehuda, thank you so much for taking some time to not only share uh, your understanding of what's going on in Israel, but also sharing your heart uh, with our listeners today on 2020. Thank you. I just want to finish with one sentence saying that it's uh, time. It's really, we got to the time that it's to set our disagreements aside and to see how we can cooperate together for the kingdom of heaven. So I pray for this uh, conference that will be a blessing. That will be a wake-up call for all, all of us to work together for the sake of our children, for the sake of the salvation of Israel, salvation of Australia and salvation of the world. Well, it's nativia.org. Yehuda, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.